Channel Attitude subscribers, we will be rolling out an upgrade to our site in the near future to improve site performance and your experience. So sometime within the next few weeks, you will receive an email requesting you to recreate your password for the upgraded site. To ensure this email doesn't go to your spam folder, please whitelist info at channelattitude.com. That's info at channelattitude.com. RSS feed URLs may change for some of you. If that happens, you can grab the new one in your dashboard when the upgrade goes live. Your feedback and suggestions have helped shape this upgrade, so keep those coming in the future. And again, the email is info at channelattitude.com to whitelist or add to your address book. Be on the lookout for that email over the next few weeks. Yes, y'all, all rise and praise, infidels. You made it through another doomsday week as we head into war. Here, Hameen Media Group, channelattitude.com. Strap up. Make sure your ammo's packed as we head into Kabul skill as Hacker Hameen defends his immortal heavyweight championship. There will be no mercy on you infidels, and there'll be no mercy on the dirt sheets here today on the Friday Veteran Locker Room with the Executioner, Strangler Steve. YOLO! <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. Feeling that one this morning. Right back in the action. Uh, getting ready for war. Dogs of war are packed, ready to go. And uh, we're going to smash some faces out there. $5 face slaps in Kabul skill, Kobol skill, New York, making our debut there. So it should be a big weekend on the road. I can't wait to wrestle when it's 91 degrees because I do so well <laughs> sweating. <laughs> uh, but y'all uh, back in the studio with who you know, it's Strangler Steve King. Good morning, pal. Hey, what's going on? I do not miss those days, man. I think that the hottest place I ever wrestled, but just real quick before we get into it, it was at a it. summer fair in uh, Massachusetts back in like the mid-90s for Killer Kowalski, who was my trainer, and he used to run shows all the time all over New England. And uh, we were at this uh, biker's fair in uh, Spencer, Massachusetts, and the ring had been set up uh, the day before, so it had been just sitting there in the sun all day long, and Mm. this brand-new blue canvas on it had never been used, just sitting in the sunlight. And... uh, when we got to the show, we saw where the ring was and uh, went to go stand in it. You know how, like, before the show, you know, you want to kind of get familiar with, hey, how's sure. the ring feel tonight? And just putting your hands on the apron was like, oh, oh. <laughs> and <laughs> it was just such a particularly hot day that day that when kids were taking bumps, they were, like, curling back, not because of their style <laughs> the bump, but the, the, the ring was so hot, it was, like, unnatural. Yeah, and, uh, flat is, backing onto a griddle, pretty oh, much, right? Literally, yeah. <laughs> you could cook, you could cook eggs on the, on the yeah. thing. It was so hot, 
And uh, one, the bikers couldn't have given a fuck about the wrestling show. Like three of them <laughs> stood around the ring during the show. And two, like it was the first time because on Killer Kowalski shows are very, very proper, very on time. You were your best gear. You were a worker. You worked the whole time. You kayfabed everything. It was legit, you know. But it was like the only time he let us like wear T-shirts in the ring and like bring a bottle of water to the ring because it was like yeah. 95 degrees. 80% humidity. It was, it was yeah. ridiculous. And I, I, I told the guys, because I was in a tag team back then, I told the guys we were working with, like, I'm not taking bumps. I'm just, I'm telling you now, I'll work and I'll stagger, but I'm not touching that thing. And uh, I think we did, like, it was, I was he would hold you strictly to the times, Walter. If you right. were in a tag match, chances are you were going at least 30 minutes. I think we did eight. And nobody, yeah. he, he didn't even say anything, because it was like, it was so hot and nobody cared and <sighs> nobody was watching. He's like, fuck it, it was a paid show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like we did eight minutes to walk and talk brother. nobody got <laughs> stabbed yeah nobody yeah. got stabbed by a biker we were good here right luckily my t- my tag team partner was, was like four years younger than me and still very uh um uh enthusiastic Eager, so he's like, yeah. I'll, 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 do, I'll, I'll do the finish don't worry about it i'm like okay great get in there kid <laughs> yeah. so he does the whole finish and everything and i'm like all right let's get up the apron and walk away that's how I am terrible. with that's how I am with Blaze. I mean, Blaze not uh, a kid, but I'm like, yeah, man, you get over, do your shit. I'll, <laughs> I'll come in and y'all. Uh, I don't give a fuck. It's like Things Chief wanna... and uh, Jules Strongbow yeah. from the '70s. You know, like yeah. get in there, kid, take the heat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, man, I think the hottest place we ever work uh, in the summertime. The locker room's always ice cold, which is nice, uh, but is is uh, JFK Arena back in the left mm-hmm. in Rome right over here. Dude, in the summertime, that place is just a sweltering sweat box, bro. You can walk yeah. out in the entrance. I remember a couple of times I've worked there, and it was just wicked. But, but you make it back to the back, and it's like 50 degrees back there. You're like, yeah. oh, God, so nice. But, uh, yeah, man, it'll be a good time. I know they also just announced – uh, for August 12th, uh, there's a brand new place in Utica, Utica, uh, and um, the Nexus Center. And we're going to have a show there, and it's going to be a pay per view on fight. So I think we'll oh, probably. Wow. Be- yeah, I guess. Who's <laughs> uh, I got to believe it's probably. Um, um, shit, what's his name from 2CW? Uh, referee. Uh, Ash? Ash. I got to believe it's probably okay. Ash's crew. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. So. Uh, unless some somebody else, I don't know. Again, I'm so busy with cannabis that I'm half kayfabed on everything. So I, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Not yeah. having to lead the charge on that. You know what I mean? I was mm-hmm. like, okay. Uh, but I got to believe uh, Blaze and I'll be on. There's a couple tag teams that I've been wanting to work. Uh, I think uh, definitely got to talk to uh, Mike King and uh, time to a chair with zip ties and uh, pull his fingernails out until I get what I want. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know it's crazy like the people who watch the uh the eye pay-per-views and things like that don't realize mm-hmm. like how quickly if you're producing one of those how quickly 10 hours of your day can be gone yeah burnt up just like that going over logistics and the, yeah. and that's a daily thing 10 hours a day leading from the time you decide okay we have to do this until you know the event is live on air mm-hmm. so it's, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of frustration but uh a guy like Ash, who, like, if the, if the listeners don't know who he is, he's producing a lot of these live events and uh, doing, like, the directing and the camera work and graphics and the whole thing. He used to be a referee for us at 2CW. Great kid, very smart. And in fact, I think he's one of the kids who did the best once 2CW closed and uh, 
created yeah. himself a brand new business and is doing extremely well. I think he does a lot of GCW stuff. He's doing everybody's stuff, bro. Really, in the last four years, five years, I could yeah, be he's, wrong. He's doing really he, well, you know, because uh, he worked with Johnny Musex site after two CW. Uh, but it was there, I think he sharpened his swords and, and technology kind of caught up where you could have a minimalist setup that's very powerful. Like right. what used to be big boards and everything, even the Roadcaster Pro yeah, is well, a very portable piece of equipment. Right. Now mm-hmm. I've seen some of his stuff, bro. He just had a little turnaround uh, box that had everything included in it for your Wi-Fi or ins and outs with multi-channel switchers. His mm-hmm. laptop set up and even the switcher is digital. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The switcher's digital and just really high level setup with <laughs> I mean, they're using cameras still, but the way some of these iPhones and shit are is yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. So what would it cost you to make I think everything 3D printing, even though I haven't been printing, but something that's uh, you know, able to grip on the ring post, that's an overhead Wiley Coyote yep. cam, that's a mm-hmm. fan cam from the right oh, oh, an empty seat in the front row. Drones. You know what I mean? Drones and and he can tie all that in in real time and bing bang boom. And with the connection that's solid to fight network or however it works uh with them. <laughs> He's up and running, and yeah, he's done GCW. He's he's been all over America and Canada, and I think some international spots. Yeah, and I, I agree him. with you. Kind of a guy, another guy that's name doesn't get kicked around, but made himself indispensable, uh, and now is making the money that he traveled yep. a lot of years, decades, yes, over a decade for yep. next to no money. And now that this is the the cash and the payback for that, but yeah. it's not like he's you know oh, he earned not, it. He earned it. For yeah, sure. yeah. And he's still earning it. You got it. All that shit takes work and that's knowledge and putting that money up for that tech. But I think technology, I think he caught the window at the right time for the tech to go to the next level. Perfect timing. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I I don't, I'm, I got to believe it might be Ash. It might be somebody else, but if not, that was well worth the talk there because those are the people who, uh, that no one really is outside the industry is going to know their name, but uh, could be, who knows, <laughs> another five, ten years from now, he could move right into Kevin Dunn's position. You possibly. never know. Or you AEW, know? you know. They, they yeah. Could definitely use Dave Saudis, yeah. yeah. So uh, that, that's just sharpening your swords and knowing the technology and how to save people Be money prepared. and get the highest level. Ready to go. Yep, yep, yep. And you get a high level of production for – you know, a fraction of the cost. If you can make it look good on no budget, when you get a budget, <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter because if you give Martin Scorsese a fucking, uh, you know, piece of shit camera, he's still going to get something out of it. He's right. an artist. I'm a tuba. Yeah. Give you, give me a tuba. I'm an artist. I'll get something out of it. Right. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, man, interesting there, but that'll be August 12th. I guess so. I got this weekend in Coble Skill, and then next weekend cross the border back to St. Catharines to defend the Crossfire Heavyweight title against Rob Rage. So <laughs> it's going to be quite a seven days here, bro. You're going to see Hacker probably in uh, pretty beat up by the end of this month, but uh, we're working <laughs> hard, man. No worries. Oh, shit. Yeah, Money in the Bank. We kind of covered that ad nauseum with Russo brand and everything. And I was working with uh, the new site developers and uh, to, how to upload shows uh, in the new site crossover. So that'll be happening here pretty soon. Exciting about that. And 
uh, just a lot going on all over with HMG uh, correspondence uh, working outside of the realm and had a good time on the Hami Media Discussion group, group. Facebook with the Pick'em Challenges and then last night with the self-help group as well. So just keep on keeping on, you guys. Uh, summer, it's, it's hotter than devil's dick right now. That's I mean, that's just the time of year it is, and you're kind of thankful for it if you've ever been through the Februarys here. You you wait for right. sunshine like this, hope for it. So if it ain't one thing, it's a motherfucking other. Everybody bitching about something, right? So, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> oh, shit. Uh, here's one. I mean, the big bitch of, uh, I don't know, I'm not calling anybody a bitch. I could be, but... Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, the big uh, thing to watch though that is a bitch is the viewership for the third edition of AEW Collision Strangler Steve mm-hmm. drops to under 500,000 viewers uh, July 1st edition of Collision which was their third episode drew 452,000 viewers uh, with a .13 rating in the P18 to 49 demo the show was taped and aired after the 2023 Money in the Bank uh, in its normal time slot, Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics noted the viewership was nearly the same as Friday's Rampage, 450K total, and the show peaked in the fifth hour quarter hour for Ricky Starks versus Juice Robinson, which drew 486,000. Uh, by comparison, June 24th, Collision drew 595,000, and the debut drew 816,000. So pretty much about a 45% drop yeah. off in three weeks, bro. That's uh, a nose dive, my man. <laughs> that's, that, yeah, there's not a lot of water in that pool. Back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a plane going down. It, it's hitting the water. So, yeah, man. They, they, I don't know how, how do you, how do you circle the wagons to pull it back that drastically? I mean, what, what, I don't know like what they're there. They were hoping to get like on a, on a regular, uh, basis but i mean everybody checked out the first week because there's gonna be punk's return and the big wow let's see what he has to say and he hasn't been on him forever and blah 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 right. so they got a little little bit of a shine but the first week is always going to be like that you got to understand that and i i've said like saturday at that time you know people are out doing stuff or they're you know going to the movies or having you got se- you got seven eight nine weeks of nice summer left before yeah. kids go back to school and all that dude so now you're going to compete out of your out of the gate you've dropped 45 percent, and you've got nine you weeks gone, of yeah, mountain to yeah. climb yeah you could have gone two ways with the show you could have done the g-rated saturday morning wrestling or you could have gone a little spicier it had to be the 10 p.m. show, like when people are getting home, and you know, you go, "Oh, let's check the matches." You know, let's yeah. go watch some of that and be kind of cool. And uh, but it's it's neither. It's it's just it's no different from any other AEW show. So it you don't should really be have ECW at midnight, right? ECW yeah. midnight, that that feel. And but they, you know, it's it's it makes you feel like you don't really have to watch it because you're gonna get recapped to death on the next couple of shows anyway. So, I mean, like, I, I watch it, but that's because I'm old and I'm home and I don't go out on Saturday nights. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, you're going to find, you, you're going to watch me. But, you know, as, like, the weeks get closer out of summer, hey, I like I like, like like Stevie Richards and his beautiful wife, and they watch the uh, uh, the, the holiday movies on, on the Hallmark Channel on Saturday nights. My wife and I do the exact same thing. Oh, so, 8 o'clock on, uh, on Hallmark is all of the brand-new Christmas movies every Saturday for like literally like 25 weeks in a row leading into Christmas. So oh, guess man. what? I won't be watching. Won't be uh, tuning either. in. No, because we, we like him because he's, because we watch the stupid hooky movies. We make popcorn, we chill and relax and, you know, 
we're old, dude. I mean, how much more wrestling? How many matches do you need to see in your life? When you're already <laughs> watching 18 hours of content a week. It's like, okay, I don't really need to watch uh, Sticky Farts. I mean, I mean, Ricky Starks goes 20 <laughs> minutes with uh, Juice Robinson. It's um, not going to make my life I any better. You. Yeah, uh, neither is uh, those movies. <laughs> it's not the fact yeah, that you, you're not watching wrestling. It's, it's mind-numbing, like, and you can talk over I it. I say and, that, but I watched The Sopranos for the 67th time uh, right, in a row, right. so. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, do as thou wilt, but I, I don't see that number really going up. And, yeah, In fact, rough. in the next nine weeks, I think you'll see them in the 300,000s. You know what I mean? That you're mm-hmm. just not going to be able to compete with the boys of summer, and being out and doing that stuff then you got ufc against you other premium line of events SummerSlam, and you kind of taking a beating here in canada in edmonton and <laughs> you know mm-hmm. uh wherever else they're going that's They've been uh, in canada for a while now it seems like they just stay up there lately. since june it was like it's yeah. like a two-week run so uh, yeah, so they just leave everybody up there all week long, or they go home? And I don't back? know. I'm not sure what they're doing, uh, going back and forth or if not. There's three uh, shows to produce, and we can be silly to be flying them around all the time. So they figure hotel to death out of you know, like all the travel back and forth. They still have to have rooms and rental cars and bullshit. Yeah, I'd rather just stay up there for. I just stay up schedule. there for two weeks. You know what I mean? I just stay there, especially if we're not doing a ton of extra stuff. And things like uh, Ethan Page not being on the show last night. You're in Canada. You're not going to highlight After all the of the promo your he did. Yeah, yeah, he did a great promo. Yeah. Worked uh, MJF. Yeah. That should have made him a breakout star. Well, I mean, how many times have we start stopped him, unfortunately? I mean, yeah. the guy can cut a promo with anybody on the roster. Yeah. But to not use your specific ambassadors uh, on your TV was a strange choice to me last night as well. Or to highlight them going into Canada and have the big wins happen while they're there to help push them along. You know right. what I mean? And get, get the, the crowd behind them. Like yeah. an Owens and a Zane. Like, that's yeah. what we should have been striving for with, with him there. But... Uh, plenty of uh, n- nothing, really plenty of yeah. no- a whole lot of nothing, unfortunately. Uh, so an opportunity to make guys, but I'm sure they got bigger things on their mind and uh, everybody's kind of probably not saying, I'm, I'm thinking if this is the locker room, nobody's saying anything uh, to punk or anybody about these numbers. Everybody knows and checks them and then they'll play at corporate. Like we need to have a meeting or what are we going to do to study the ship? But really everybody's already shifty eyed out of the fucking, oh, yeah. like you, you, they knew they were going to get here. They were hoping it would have taken eight weeks maybe, but it took three weeks to do it. We, the, I think the biggest message here is timing and not just the time slot you're in, but the timing of when you're going to release. And that seems to be a big blind spot or um, face saving thing. I think that they don't look at the marketing aspect and bringing the product to market at the right time in the right way with the video game, especially we've talked about this right. and the Christmas sales and the launch and then to launch this show in the middle of summer on a Saturday night is does not seem like, you know, anybody sat around and looked at the best times to do these things. Stevie had a great idea, uh, especially going into the fall should have waited till then started at seven 30, went to eight 30 and directed people to go watch football and used it as a weaponized thing to, to capture people from the lead into raw, until a Monday night football starts, have them watch your shit and then 
pitch to Jacksonville and <laughs> and send them on a Monday night and at least get some weaponization out of it. Yeah. You know, here you're just kind of <laughs> swimming against the tide the whole time, yeah. bro, of shit coming at you. At least it makes it look like you're working together, maybe with football. Right. <laughs> like, no, yeah, we're a partnership. We're a tag team. Yeah. You own you own the goddamn time. Jaguars. Why wouldn't yeah. you? You know, and you it just, doesn't it just doesn't sound like this is a guy who had does analytics for a living. Like you figured he'd yeah. be all into those numbers. Yeah. We're gonna make this crosshair section. We're gonna dive right in, and you know, it doesn't seem like any of that is used. Like everything he's been doing to make a living for the last ten years with all the, all the numbers and getting things ready to go. He's just like a Saturday night. We can do it next week. Let's do it next week. And yeah. Like shows you maybe he's just still like the excited puppy. You know what I mean? Like what we can, we can, we can do a fifth show. Let's yeah. do it. The ideas aren't wrong. Like, I mean, it's oversaturation. So you could argue that, but I, I'd get rid of rampage, put ROH in there. Right. right. Cause you yeah. got that brand. You got to, they need TV. So have that and get rid of rampages. That's not doing anything. And collision, I would go with Stevie's plan. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, and make that a, a, a preempted assault uh, on WWE to draw down their opener where they're the strongest and to pitch yeah. out and use football as your backer on that one. Yeah, and, and I know this sounds ridiculous, but as fast as the summer's going by, football's almost back. It's yeah. right around the corner. Yeah. So, I mean... It, once that happens, then what? You are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, if you're at 300,000 viewers now or 500,000 viewers now, I mean, you're, you're going to lose half and, of that. And all you're doing is going to hurt your property because here come the trolls, AEW botches, oh and everybody God, going, I yeah. uh, I, they made a horrible decision when one week of uh, collision does 275,000 or whatever it'll yeah, do because yeah. of something, right? You know, like right. that. Then, like, now you everyone go see CM Punk's not a draw. Ha, huh? Triple H was right, Vince was right. Like, it's it's not the fact of any of those things, it's about bringing it to market at the right time, product placement in the right place for it to succeed. And I don't care if you got Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, Arn Anderson, and Jesus Christ on your fucking creative mm -hmm. uh, board. It ain't going to make no difference, man. And, you know, like you, you've, you've shot yourself in the knee and now you got to run a 5K race. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm, <laughs> it's, it's rough. Yeah. Um, da, 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 da. And then um, we'll see who sells for it on Twitter because that's the big thing. Like, all of those outside factors are nothing ab about the guys on the show, their contributions, their work rate. You know, that's just before we even say roll tape. But the guys on the show are going to be the ones that shoulder the brunt of it, and they've proven in the past that they can't keep their thumbs oh, on social it. media. Yeah. And that's the catalyst. That's like the fuse. That's where click, click, boom, something goes wrong that we didn't, you know, <laughs> we're running the donkeys up the mountain with fucking dynamite on their backs. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, this the, the best way to get to those guys is to, like you say, is uh, through satire and go on Twitter or, you know, saying, you know, memes, you know, <laughs> get underneath someone's skin enough to make them, to trigger them into some sort of downward spiral. Yeah. You know, like I actually, I saw a meme going into the 4th of July. It was like, the, the cartoon is a progressive going, oh, your memes, you know, aren't going to help the problem. And then the, the answer is like, well, uh, the, the um, revolution was started with mostly pamphlets and cartoons, you know what I yeah. mean? So, yep. you know, it's, it's, it's just getting awareness out there, regardless of how you're 
getting it in. And like you said, you know, comedy and satire, like the weapon. The most of, powerful uh, weapon yeah. in all of media is satire. If you do it the right way, it it's infuriating. It's so smartening up. It can tell a truth through an image. Yeah with just a quip you know what i mean yeah. whether it's a political cartoon or not but absolutely. and all you're gonna do is show like a clip of that sh one of the shows where there's nobody on the hard cam side somebody you know from you know is like taping a horrible match with lots of botches in it and they put it on the internet with some silly like benny hill music behind it with no yep. crowd and that that's all you have to do that's it and it's a 30 second clip of somebody trying to duck a clothesline and taking it in the face and falling on their ass and Yep. A bad backflip that you know, like uh, Katie Catanzaro did, like on the uh, the other day, they tried to do a double backflip, double springboard backflip, and she completely botched it and like was hanging on the rope like she was bent in half because she weighs like eighty two pounds. It's like all you need is a clip like that with silly music and it going back and forth and back and forth and yep. Now you're a moron for the rest of your life. <laughs> you know what I mean? I thought you were calling. I thought you were calling spots in my match from this weekend coming up. Here. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna do a couple hands back dance, spring? Yeah, no, just uh, try and duck a clothesline, catch it in the face. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So that, yeah, happened, this that happened to me like three matches ago. Fucking went to duck the clothesline. He was way fucking just caught me right in the end of the nose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh shit! But yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. yeah. But it'll be on, and it'll be the guys and girls that'll sell. And here's the other problem with that: they'll think like we got to get ratings up, which means we got to take more chances and draw them because they got to talk about our work when it's got nothing to do with that whatsoever. And they'll take more chances and more risks thinking that those high spots are what's going to get them over with because someone will do one and it'll be an, Oh my God moment and it'll go viral. And then they'll go down that road. And then somebody could very well be paralyzed or die based off of that. Yeah, and it's all because it all goes back to the factor of we did not introduce this the right way and we did not think about it. We rushed it to market. We chose mm -hmm. the wrong time. And now it's going to affect everybody's equity in a very, I don't think positive way, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, AEW star though says that he's requested to strictly beyond collision. Uh, the House of Black are the current AEW trios champions. And during an interview with Bobby Fish on the Undisputed podcast, Malachi Black talked about the group's status with the company. He says, I requested to be strictly on collision. I don't want people to I, I don't want people to get the pick Saturday night. I get to see House of Black. If I give you the option for Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, you're going to go, it really doesn't matter. I'll tune in whenever they'll be here. I don't want to lose that polish. Now that's smart business. Yes and no, um, but because I would I would, I would, I would have said in. I only want to be on Dynamite <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because right. it's the higher rated show yeah. as opposed to going. You know, I I want I want to just work with Punk and Daniel Bryan, which I can understand understand right. too if he's been start stopped and lied to by Tony and plenty right. of others. He, he wants to be at the Cool Kids Club, but also oh, yeah. when 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 the when the ratings tank and go down to three hundred thousand, be like, well, I guess the House of Black, we can probably cut them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, bro. You know? Like exactly. Maybe he's doing that on purpose. He almost quit once with his car promo. Maybe, maybe yeah. he's super smart. And he's like, no, I want to be on this show because I know it's going to fucking go down. Right. right it's going to get me cut faster. Yeah. <laughs> be with my wife. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Uh, the funny fucking dark side of the darkest part of wrestling. Um, but yeah, man, uh, Bobby Fish and uh, Malachi Black on a podcast. I don't know how I feel about that. It's weird. You know, like, again, it's the cool kids in the Florida bubble. 
you know, uh, instead yeah. of like, why is a guy from House of Black doing a podcast? You know, yeah, uh, just, I don't understand why he wants to do that. You figure you go through all that with your body and the makeup and the tattoos and the lifestyle, and then you're so willing to just say, Oh, but I'm also cool and I love cats, and here's my, you know, yeah. here's the inside of my refrigerator. Here's, you know, this is what we did this week. We went to Target, you know, I'm like, why would you give it away like that? Or like if you were really gonna do it, you do the spoof on it, the satire, and he opens up the refrigerator and it's like Jeffrey Dahmer's and there's heads right. and shit in there, and then he fucking closes <laughs> it and he keep work. going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like, but that's the that's the fuck you. He could play to it uh, if he would stay with the yeah, dark, do like an MTV Cribs. Yeah, <laughs> like, like a dark movie. arts Alistair Crowley. Fucking, yeah. this is my suit made of uh, baby foreskin. Like right. uh, it's really nice. <laughs> it's great for my skin, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like all that kind of shit. Now here's you my open, house. It's just it's just the woods. It's just we're just gonna walk into the woods. Uh, open up the fucking staircase and fire blows out like the fucking Adams <laughs> yeah, family the, fucking the dragon. Yeah. <laughs> monsters, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'd get it all in, but uh, you know, instead, Hobby Lobby. Um yeah. <laughs> the Satanist goes to Hobby Lobby. What yeah. day it was for all of us. Oh uh, shit, man. Uh, end with hand jive, you know, we go together. <laughs> yeah do it uh but aew uh wrestler reportedly bumped up to a full-time contract oh my who's this oh, after making her first appearance on january 2020 diamante has been a mainstay of a mainstay of aew for the past three years former latin america exchange member has uh, faced some of the best and brightest on the aew roster has had to offer including Sheeta, rio and willow nightingale our uh, reigning TBS champion Chris Statlander and Tony Storm. The Cuban Diamond also won the first AEW Women's Tag Team Cup alongside Eva Lee. However, she earned these accolades with only a part time deal. That now has changed. According to Fightful Select, Diamante has been bumped up from tier zero deal. She was previously signed to a full time contract, previously, was while she was still signed to some kind of agreement. It was, wasn't was the all-elite graphic-level deal <laughs> that many of the performers we see on TV are on. So uh, the show hasn't been appearing on Dynamite, Rampage, or Collision. Much later, Diamante has become a fixture in the Ring of Honor women's division uh, and AEW YouTube programming uh, before it was continued, or discontinued, excuse me. Um, good for her, man. She stuck yeah, in there, stuck, stuck it out, and... Uh, absolutely uh as good as anybody else they got on that goddamn roster and you know you think about how long back she's been around the brandy Rhodes <laughs> in the ring oh, kind of really? era yeah you know what i mean like she was i don't even remember magic. her and i've been watching the show now for like a year and a half straight i don't yeah. think i've seen her once so yeah uh she was, with, she was with lax and impact too right so oh, okay. um, i didn't and, watch impact so no i couldn't tell you I, I, LAX was fucking dope too at that time. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm still around. I know they separated, but I can't oh, tell that, you when I last time I saw Santana or the other one. Yeah, I think you know? one dude got frustrated and and the other one wanted to stay and the other one wanted. Didn't to they go. have some heat, which is why they split up the tag team? I, I think Conan referenced it, but I don't know exactly what the heat was. But it, it makes me—it's an interesting conversation because you're a tag team specialist. I cut yeah. my teeth in tag team wrestling, uh, being a manager and and worked plenty of shitty sixes, and now tag champs with Blaze and GGP and any of many others. But um, hmm, 
when you're a really i'm not saying really like there isn't really tag teams but the heat can come down on one guy and both guys pay the price for it oh absolutely yeah and, and it doesn't matter i mean you can think of enzo and Cass, uh the road warriors <laughs> like it, mm-hmm. it's always seems like that way like uh that one guy's a little bit of a heater and some sometimes you get guys that are absolutely fine i'm not saying all tag teams are this but uh i don't know that i gotta believe just based on the coin flip 50 50 that it might be similar to that and just mm-hmm. speaking from my own experience and they got start stop they thought the brown power thing was gonna be the woke culture movement for them there and mm-hmm. it's very viable like we just didn't find a way to stick to it especially when we've got border crisis and everything else right now which might not be a bad way to restart i think santana left and or else i don't know i can't remember which one wanted to stay and which one wanted to go yeah. um so there is there is still if you want to do modern culture and and weave that in and and use your voice and your spot on tv to help you know propagandize or depropagandize whatever the narrative you're trying to put out there or the fact that maybe you got exported and you got to get or you know get back into the country even if you're a citizen and we got to see you on top of a train with 500 other illegals on top of that car you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah those are interesting shots you know and, and a storyline of an every man trying to get back or or you know what's a don quixote story for him i don't know but um if it's time for him to spin out their stuff to do but i just thought as tag team guys i i've been in that spot <laughs> i've seen yeah, my other tag partners uh who've got short fuses do some things that you're mm-hmm. just like fuck we're all gonna pay for this yeah yeah see with me when like i was saying earlier my tag partner was much younger than me and um so he was he was he was the rookie on the team so you know i would do a lot of the business and get the bookings and set towns up and and he'd be, he, I mean, and physically he was incredible. He could do whatever you needed him to do, but he'd also be that little hothead because he was younger and thought, "Hey, this is this is easy getting all this work." And like, wait, wait, I laid this groundwork because I've been around for a long time. You know, these they're booking us because they know me. You know, because <laughs> they right, they worked right. with me before, and they like, got you know, sure. But, you know, as time goes on, and he proves himself, obviously. But you know, you gotta sometimes pull the collar and be like, hey, hey, calm down, calm down. If they gave him a right. finish, they didn't like it, calm hey, relax, relax, relax. And so you have to kind of be like that because it is a really true partnership. We used to say it's a marriage. Like, you're married to your tag partner. Yeah. You spend tons of time together on the road. And even when you're not on shows, you got to go train together. And, uh, you know, you just end up seeing each other like more than you see any member of your family if you're going to yeah. do it right anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a, it's a tough balance because you do have to depend on somebody else to be there for you. And sometimes it's great and sometimes it's not. It's just, that's just, the yeah. Worst. Yeah. 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 Well, you, you all live and die by it together. It's hardcore. And then unfortunately they kind of end if things go bad that way with one guy's bad behavior, catching up to him and he spirals out. And then the other guy goes singles. Now I'm not saying that's up with LAX, but you know, uh, I, the, both those guys are great workers. It just one of them might not be happy after been lied to by fucking X amount of promoters. Enough's enough. But uh, I, I always think there's uh, room for that Latin hero storyline that doesn't have to be Zorro or whatever. It is. You know what I mean? It needs to be a revolutionary. 
uh you know not now we got to get to shea and the workers party which wouldn't be bad either but uh i think there's people that would relate to that in the latino community right now who are flying under the radar you know and mm-hmm. if he's got the tv show behind him what story can he tell on his own that way and being right. on your own being on your own after being in la familia for a long time is an interesting story you know what right. i mean yeah, uh, sure. on its own so and have some latinos come in to help with some creative yeah yeah help yep. tell some stories you know you, know, you got plenty of them with luchas and every other goddamn thing. So we just got to lay it out the right way. But I don't think he's on anybody's radar. But if you got Diamante under full time, are you just going to have her as, hey, it's Diamante, Latina wrestler, and she's jobbing out to Tony Storm. Yay. Right. Oh, okay. Let's right. get some business going all the way around, you know? Yeah. Um, speaking of uh Latino heat, uh, not at your album, man. Conan says it doesn't feel like the young bucks want to be in AEW and could go to WWE. Conan would not be surprised to see the young bucks follow the precedent set by Cody Rhodes, become the next pair of AEW EVPs to leave for WWE. The veteran wrestler and promoter predicted Matt and Nick Jackson's future path on a recent episode of Keeping a 100 podcast, whereby. Uh, his Disco Inferno co-host uh, criticized Matt and Nick Jackson's promo skills. He says, uh, whoops, uh, he says this pop-up from Wrestle Inc. sucks. Uh, but uh, he says, uh, Conan says they can cut a promo. Look at them compared to where they started. Just their body language, attitude, everything. It doesn't seem like they want to be there. I could be wrong. Conan disagreed with a fan who referred to the Young Bucks as the worst tag team of all time. Says that's a stretch. They're still building their legacy. They could go to WWE and pop off, you know. Conan also highlighted the importance of utilizing Rhodes as a top star and how WWE's treatment of the American Nightmare could entice the elite to follow suit. While there have been conflicting reports about the contract status of the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, Meltzer reported last month that AEWCO Tony Khan has been aggressive in his pursuit to lock in his three EVPs for the long haul. According to Fightful Select, most people in AEW believe Young Bucks, Omega, Hangman Page will ultimately re-sign with AEW with all four men receiving a significant raise. So they're in uh, a worker's dream uh, spot spot right here to shake down everybody for massive amounts of money. And when people are like, they're the worst workers, they're the worst uh, tag team, they're the worst workers of all time, A, that's just bullshit. But really, they're the you could say they're the best workers of all time because they've positioned themselves to fucking uh, just have people pay them to have them on their side of the line. The match doesn't yeah. matter at all, dude. And that's what being a true worker is all yeah. about. The, the fact that the, just the bucks alone, not even mentioning Kenny Omega have, were able, were able to become multi millionaires by working in the Indies before AEW. Before AEW. The, the, their t-shirt sales and what they were making on the indies were doing the Japan days and coming back to the U.S. for six weeks each way, you know, back and forth, back and forth, and getting their stuff in, uh, what was it, Hot Topic? Mm-hmm. I mean, they were able to, like, thread the needle from 5,000 yards away, and they nailed it. And, uh, that's what that's what drives me nuts. They they've got marketing and fucking self promotion figured out yeah. for the indies, and then they can't get the timing right on the big company. Right? Is that so, just because there's too many hoops to jump through? Or yes, like- because with with television, they're not a TV act; they're a traveling act. 
you can't have them on TV every week because once you've seen it, you've seen it. You know, that's like would like be like having Andre the Giant on TV every week. It's like okay, another one of these. We've seen that with almost. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're not getting anything different. It's the traveling act. They come. They they work your local tag team. They put a shine on them and they go somewhere else. That they was they're the perfect traveling tag team. But one thing was my biggest concern about them going to AEW is what are they going to do eight weeks in the TV when you've seen all the spots and you've seen the indie taker driver and all these, you know, the Meltzer driver and all these spectacular, which are absolutely spectacular. Well, what they fucked up and that they had the ability to do is what are the bucks really? They're a rib on the business on the old school brother and and Hogan and what they're wearing and Sean, it's all a rib. And yeah. you got these fucking legends backstage and you could bring in more for cameos and the whole game should be that the bucks are always interrupting the shine of the wrestling legend that we're trying to showcase a little bit. And they fucking get their briz shit in mm-hmm. on them and the, and disrespect the legend. That's the game we've never done that we have the opportunity to now that we got the money the fact that them and billy gunn don't have a fucking huge thing going you know what i mean like that that should be everything right there uh and we haven't even scratched the surface of any of that or really made that persona that being the elite special in a way it's good they haven't scratched the surface because that gives them something completely new to work on if they were to go to wwe and uh you know, I have to say, I can see both sides of this. I can see, like, the getting off of being like, we're going to re-sign with AEW for, say, $5 million a year base. Yeah. Just to be like, we made all this money and never had to eat a Take shit a sandwich. Yeah, never had to, you know, you know, bow down to the king, brother. You know what I mean? And never had to do any of that shit and kiss Vince's ring. Mm-hmm. You know, any of that crap. And they, and they, and they can retire with mountains of cash. Yep. But... In their minds, when they broke in, or when they were little kids watching wrestling on TV, were they like, to work at WrestleMania would be, you know, yeah, something but, that they have But at the same experience. time, when you're, when you're at that level, and we've been around it, we've never been at that level, top of the mountain, to be like, be able to turn down a WrestleMania shot by any means. But... Is there something more to that? knowing because now they're smartened up because when you're sitting at home going, I'd love to do that as a little kid and you're a mark as opposed to being in the business for 20 right. years and fucking everything hurts. And you're like, yeah, I got over on them. They didn't go. Or are they going, I just got to get that mania match to satisfy right. that urge, that inner child. Right. I think, yeah, by the time you're in your year about to hit 40, I'm sure it's more business than it is filling, fulfilling a dream. Yeah. But, it, you know, it is that feather in the cap. Too, sure. they, you know, Chris. You know, you know, Mo is going to put us in the Hall of Fame. If that means something to you as a worker, great. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, great. But I mean, there's some workers who couldn't give two shits if that ever happened to them. And there's some guys who think, you know, they can't. Please don't put me in after I die. Let me be while I'm alive so I can enjoy it. You know, there's right. all to the individual, I guess. But you know, I have to say, like, I think that there's some interesting shit that they could do with uh, the Bucks and WWE. But a part of me is just like, man, it'd be great if they just never went there and never gave it and never got squashed and never got that silly, like a bucket of slop poured on their head or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like they got through it and still made their money. Yeah. I get, yeah. Just the, the road schedule and the bumps alone would be what it is. Cause yeah. Vince, I don't think would match. I don't think he put up 5 million each for him. I don't think he would. And then, and then they should. 
because that's the that's the get, you right. know. And, yeah, he'll look at that as like I can't lose this. You know, <laughs> they're like, fuck you. I'm in this for the money, just yeah. like you're in this for the money. You just made nine point three billion and five million dollars isn't fucking shit on your ass. Yeah. But you still won't give it to me because you think that's losing the deal. Fuck you. I'm going to go get my fucking money. And you're losing power. You're just becoming right. a roster, which some people are like, I just want to go wrestle. I don't care about the, the office shit is what might have wore them out. You know what I mean? More right. than anything. So, um, but from what you and I know and yeah. <laughs> our number one connection who uh, talks to them almost daily, um yeah. uh, the, i haven't heard anything of this uh of being like we fucking hate it here we're we're jumping ship uh so they're playing it back and forth but if i was them i would do exactly what you said i would stick where i was i would not give up evp status i'd use that to get a five-year deal to make them think that i'm not even make them think that i'm behind them 100 percent that we started yeah. this we're gonna get there because cody really helped him because him jumping now has him gun shy where he goes fuck if i lose omega in the box i'm gonna look like a fucking idiot and what price will you pay to not look like a fucking idiot is what it comes down to right yeah but you know there's also the argument if you know tony wanted to be like if you want to jump and do what they did to cody get you all built up just to have you do a job to roman you guys want to get all built up to have you do a job to the usos i think that i think i think tony's too much of a fan still to like I got to beat WWE at any cost instead of being playing the hardball of like go if you want to go. Right. You know, good luck. <laughs> I know yeah. your ankles fucked. I know you got mad concussions. Your shoulder hurts all the time. Fucking. And now you got to go work that and a house show schedule. Good luck to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, let's see somebody who's getting a paycheck, which was uh kind of stooged off. I'm not sure uh, why or how, but uh former WWE star and released in 2021 has reportedly been under a deal with the company. Former WWE star Tyler Breeze is released from the company in 2021. According to Fightful Select, Breeze has reportedly been under a deal with WWE, specifically tied to the Up, Up, Down, Down brand for quite some time. According to a WWE source, the deal does prevent him from appearing on AEW programming. After two years away from the ring, Breeze is scheduled to perform at the prestige wrestling Roseland six show on September 1st in Portland, Oregon. Uh, Fightful added, those we spoke to put over Breeze's investments outside of the ring, saying that he was several steps ahead of his wrestling career as far as preparing himself for a life outside of it. Specifically, he helps run flatbacks to train wrestlers and made several smart real estate investments. Oh, good for him. Uh, Yeah, smart. Yeah, dude. I know he's. I remember he was training Liv Morgan when she wanted to get uh, improved in the ring and better at what she was doing. And we'll see how that works out. Um, but yeah, I know a lot of people put him over and uh, absolutely working with Fandango in in uh, Immortal, a, a absolute class act. I've never worked with Breeze. There is a like. <laughs> this is just a weird, funny little insurgency crossover but after i left ovw and they stopped doing the terrorist thing ali uh wanted to reinvent himself and as i candy ali so he actually took the gimmick that i had put on this other guy uh the alaskan assassin which was mr cosmo cosmo was a, a modeling school that like you know you pay for to go to but they get you gigs it's, it's a work inside the mm-hmm. work of the modeling so i came with mr cosmo which was nothing more than narcissist and, and rick martell so it's all been done before right and uh 
Ali did eye candy Ali. And uh, not long after that, Tyler Breeze's uh, gimmick hits. And it's almost identical to Ali's with just some costume changes. But I think that's more of uh, not necessarily group mind, just parallel thinking and taking what worked with the Prince Pretty thing. But all that shit was going on in OVW. And it might have just got stolen when somebody was watching it. But that happens all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, Hey dude, earn a check under the radar, keep your body healthy, run your wrestling school and go do some weed whacking at your properties. Not a bad day for a post WWE wrestler until your next round comes around there. Right. Yeah. And, uh, was it Chris Van Vliet that they had at the school that they lit him up with chops? Yeah, that was bad. That that little, that, uh, that, that, that was not good. Well. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. That's that the first, was as soon as you said flatbacks, I went ooh. I I'm sure they wish they never did that because that was that good was shade. Really I'm glad you. I'm glad you. I'm glad you took the heat on that one, not me. <laughs> hey, yeah, gladly I will because I don't like seeing uh, guys students get abused like that. It's never. No. It's never a good look, and uh, you know, yeah, that they, was a they don't know what thing. to do. They, they'll, they'll never fight back because they just they think that they're getting accepted as the initiation or whatever. And yeah. there may be a little of that to it, but in this, and don't don't abuse the the, the kids. They're, they're there with a dream, just like you were once. And I'm sure, yes, you probably got lit up too. And that doesn't mean that it's right. I took three Von Lilas chops as my you know fire and trial under fire at the show, and he he killed me. But it was, and I was chopped up, but that's what it was supposed to be it was a high spot at the end this guy wasn't on a show he just came yeah. to their wrestling school to fucking hang well, we'll out see if you're tough. yeah yeah and and they, they did a very 2006 to 2008 hazing thing that kind of ended there well i guess like and 19- you think that either one of them would have been smart enough to be like, that's 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 what camera. i'm yeah that's the point right well how could those guys coming through fcw nxt not yeah. be smart enough to go this is a bad idea for us to do this. And instead they light fucking this dude up. And his chest was purple after that. Yeah. He was fucked up. He was fucked up from that. Now that is that man, I forgot all about that. That is a weird thing. So, but you know, speaking with uh, Rick Victor, he said that was some of the most fun he ever had when they got to do uh, the fashion police files and all that stuff and stuff. Oh yeah. Wrestle, yeah, wrestle, fun wrestle. TV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a part of the show that doesn't include bumps. There's no match. It's just gaga happening. And it was fun and entertaining. And it gave, like, like Rick Victor, like the, who had a very specific gimmick, a chance to play outside that box and show yeah. people he could do more than that, which was good. Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad they didn't like strike while the iron was hot with that and do a little bit more with it. But it seems like both Sir those Oscar. guys, uh, tag partners, Big Connors over there in Impact, working with mm-hmm. Cody Deaner and a crew, and then Fan Fandango's uh, uh, Johnny Curtis is doing this anti-Mark thing, like anti, yeah. I guess, and and he just uh, faced Santino, so um, a lot of good brothers. And he's uh, cleaning up on the Indies too. Yeah, dude, he's great on the Indies, and he, he'll be back uh, for that Immortal show uh, on August twelfth, as well as Teddy Long announced and Cheeseburger all going to be there uh so far so and uh jorah joel from uh aew punjabi uh lion that's a guy man you, uh, fuck you would have liked to have had him on the two cw roster bro. He's, he's aces man you can yeah. only dream about having baby humble baby faces like that fucking guy <laughs> a plus looks like a million bucks too nice um do you use him in immortal uh, yeah, he was champ there uh, okay. back, like two, three years ago before he uh, COVID. 
and work GGP and Sean Carr. That's a match where Carr got knocked out. I had to like run oh, interference for a minute. Um, and then he got signed to AEW. So, okay. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a big show on that pay-per-view for sure. Uh, we'll see if they can outrun me or not. Uh, let's see. I'm just trying to see if there's any other AEW news. Kenny Omega addresses criticism of the Tiger Driver 91 spot with Will Ospreay from Forbidden Door. Uh, during an interview with the Raj Prashad of Uproxx, Omega uh, addressed criticism of the Tiger Driver 91, Will Ospreay. He says, hopefully at least fans questioning, is he okay? It's all about the match. We're battling in that, uh, in that ring, and I want you to go along with the ride for us. If they thought everything else in the match was just the worst shit they've ever seen in their life, but that one moment got them for a second, he's not going to kick out. He's not going to get up. They better get uh, the gurney. Call it a call a fucking airlift. That's perfect. And if I had the whole match of those types of reactions, even better. It's all part of my job. It's all part of my profession. These are the things I take a lot of pride in. And I think that's why when I went into this match, there's a lot of physical and mental preparation that goes into it. Cause I was really preparing myself to wow the crowd with this kind of level. Okay. I see what he's saying, but he also, you know, makes his argument <laughs> uh, irrelevant in what he's saying. If you're going to do a move where they better get the gurney, better call the airlift, then you don't get the fuck up. You don't kick right. out. You lay the fuck out, and we do a whole nother match because they gurney or airlift you out, and you come back, da, da, da. or they get you to the very top of the ramp, and you do the Mick Foley and go get off me and unstrap it and come back down and sell. You're getting dropped on your neck and head, as a falsy one-two kickout, we're going to see paralyzed for real. And if, <laughs> if, if that's what we're fucking saying, then sell paralyzed. Don't sell fighting spirit. And I think some of this might be in response to with a video that's got over forty-five thousand views on Russo Brand right now, which is Stevie Richards' new uh, smart board technology review of this. And it's very constructive criticism. It's not judgmental at all. But the AEW trolls are in the fucking comments over there <laughs> left and right and because they don't know shit. And you know what? The way I hear this, like, not excuse, but what they consider psychology of high spot upon high spot upon high spot where it's like going up a ladder is what I've heard oh, uh, in, in reference to. Like, yeah, like, here's high spot one on this wrong. This, this this until we oh uh i think that's a terrible use of psychology and right. all it is is a i don't say wrong but a justification for a structure that does not lead to the best match or best reaction the right. best if anything reaction, it just desensitizes the crowd yeah you 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 should do one of those spots make it count and save the other six for the program that you're going to work right. each every, fucking match. There's one. every match. They did one complete different thing. It was spectacular. They kept, and, and, and if you work on that building thing, each, well, the, 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 the death defying moment of that uh, match got greater as the feud went on, showing that they're more, you know, like uh, desperate to be the, the winner at the end of this feud or whatever. The one the last man standing, if you will. So, right. You know, it's ridiculous. You don't have to do it all in 20 minutes. 
You can do it all in 20 <laughs> days if you, if you were on the road doing like a thing. 100%. 20 weeks of TV, you know? So you, you do that three more times on Omega and you fuck them up to where they have to call the match up. And then when you're having some other match, something else happens to you that's death defying and as Will Ospreay. And then you that Omega causes, and then you have to come back fucked up. So we have two guys that have done all the death defying shit and cost each other. So when they come back, they're both injured instead of like, I'm injured. I'm fine. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. You know, uh, ridiculous to take that bump. You're not getting any value out of it. No. And the, 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 risk- the stuff that would like a later wrestler out in 1985 compared to like today, it's just absolutely absurd. It has to be, a, <laughs> if it lays a guy out today, it's because he just actually can't get up. Yeah. You know? Or like, like the, Jake the Snake DDT'd uh, Ricky Steamboat on the ground and took him out for six months yeah. or whatever. And he's Orton North Pile Driver was like the most yeah. like holy fuck. He'd be gone. You wouldn't work TV for weeks. It was an angle to get you on vacation or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now it's like it's like a DDT on the floor is like a transitional spot. You know, like we're going into the break on T. You know, we gotta go to a two minute commercial break. I'll DDT you on the floor and you sell. We'll go to commercial. Then we'll come back. So you'll already be on top of me in the ring working your fiery comeback. Like right. Right. I don't I don't I don't fucking get that. Me neither. Have you ever hit your head on anything in real life? <laughs> yeah. I ever? fucking did. Dude, I almost knocked myself out going to the sauna at the casino last month. Like I just turned around. <laughs> the fucking door frame was right here. I just stepped full force into it, bro. Dude, I, was like, Holy I did that in my my father in law's attic. We were we were like up there grabbing some old boxes and uh he goes, just watch your head. There's a low board. I said, okay. But it was so dark. And I went, boom. Boom. And I was like, real bad. I was like, dude, I'm rubber leg street for about five, six seconds. Like, where the fuck? Like, yeah. Seeing stars. Like, and these guys like slam each other into chairs, get up, you know, duck this, hit that. I'm going to light your balls on fire, you know. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's just, it's just so fucking acid. I'm like, and I always like when I was helping train guys, I'd say, Have you ever been in a real fight in your whole entire life? The answer is usually no. Because if you ever have, if you've ever had somebody punch you in the face, you don't need to feel that again to know how to react to it. No. You know? So, like, when you're no selling, and I think to myself, You've never really felt something like that before. So, what I'll say is, Okay, I'm going to do this to you for real. And then that's how I want you to act when I don't, when I do it as a work. Grab right. their wrist and really twist the shit and go, fuck, ah, Jesus. Okay, now I shouldn't have to do that to get the same reaction by doing this. It looks exactly the same. Yeah. And now you don't feel the pain, correct? I want that. And if you don't give it to me, I'm going to take it from you. And you're going to, now you're uncle. selling. Yeah, now yeah. you're an uncle. That's how you train a guy who's never felt any real pain before. Like, there you yep. go. You feel that? Oh, Jesus Christ. That's what I'm looking for. You yep. know? Yeah, I do right. the worm dance thing on their fingers, or I give them the cousin with the fucking wrist oh, bend yeah. once you got yeah, them yeah. in it. So yeah. You, feel that? Oh, you don't right. ever want to feel that again, right? So yeah. you won't feel that again if you sell correctly. Right. So if you don't give me what I'm looking for, I'm going to take it from you. Yeah. And then Muhammad Hassan will punch you in the face five times hard as fuck. L.A. Knight called out by WWE Hall of Famer for being an absolute ripoff of The Rock. Ooh, hot here. Coming in hot. 
Uh, as seen on the June 19th, 2023 edition of Raw leading to the Money in the Bank PLA, LA Knight said the following to Logan Paul while holding a piece of paper. If you follow this, you'll find the exact directions where you can stick each and every one of those bottles of Prime. Uh, during his podcast, WWE Hall of Famer Kevin Nash criticized Knight's promo. He says, am I the only one that sees this absolute ripoff of The Rock to the point where he cuts the promo on fucking Logan Paul or whatever the fuck his name is? The only thing he didn't do is turn the motherfucker sideways. Jesus Christ, is everyone having amnesia? That's nothing original. Well, well it was not... 23 years ago, Kevin. Yeah, well, I, I got to say, I'm with Big Sexy on this as yeah. much as, like, I think that the guy has charisma. L.A. Knight uh, walked into the spot that was <laughs> another guy who kind of does impersonations, Mr. Kennedy, right? on impact because he was going to do the dummy yeah which is his version of fucking stone cold what right and something happened i don't know the the story really of why ken anderson left but big ray and i were reviewing the show at that time and they put la night right in that exact same spot the next week and he got it over and that's what kind of was the catalyst for him getting noticed but at that time his stuff was super unpolished and he was doing blatant, like a blatant impersonation of Flair, The Rock, and Stone Cold at any given time. Like it, it was exact. And I teach my students impersonation is a great thing because what's it do? It allows us to get outside of ourselves of how we might not normally act and embody other characters. And now we can feel how big or that character is when we put that that on ourselves or uh, what cadence do they speak with that I don't normally do? And why is that comfortable to me? Okay. All those are great things to learn from impersonations, but you have to change it and make it your own. After you steal it, you can't just do a blatant fucking one-off and relabel it. You can't pour Mountain Dew into fucking something else and just fucking relabel it. Right. Like this tastes like Mountain Dew, right? Like, and that's what he's done. And Kevin Nash is big enough to call him out on it where it's going to make some waves, no. but but he's but probably jealous because really, nobody's nobody's doing impersonations of Kevin Nash because <laughs> he was the most boring person that ever fucking laced a pair of boots. And uh, I remember Kowalski couldn't stand Kevin Nash's champions, the most boring champion in the world. All he does is mm. lay down on the mat and have leg work done to him the whole for 40 minutes, then mm. comes back and jackknives you. And after having 40 minutes of leg work, how would you stand with somebody above your head? So, there you go. Kevin Nash, you have no psychology, too. Secondly, if you've ever watched Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's Dr. D. David Schultz. And that was 25 years before that. Go. But so everyone takes something from somebody when they were growing up that they like. Sure. Ric Flair will tell you he's Dusty Rhodes and um, um, uh, uh, Billy Graham. You know, yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous George. Yeah. And this is a 20 year removed. So, I mean, come on. Not me. I'm, I'm completely original. No, just that, know what it I've doesn't, done. it just doesn't feel like there's been 25 years since The Rock was there, but. Hey, you, has know, been. you know, in like what 2003, so it's been 20 years since The Rock's been a regular TV guy. Yes, he's come back for stints here and there, but he hasn't been a full time guy in a bazillion years now. And if he has a little bit of the same cadence, so what? It works and it's getting the guy over. But Who isn't that, isn't, isn't this the story? I would run with this, and you want to get him over, you fucking have Rock come back. And it's something for Roman. 
but they cross paths with LA Knight and he cuts the promo on him. Stone Cold cuts the promo on him. Flair cuts the promo on him. Now he's fucking worked with top three guys and gotten a rub, even if they're shitting on him. And he fucking fires back in a smart way on him. Doing the complete knockoff might get him moments with top fucking guys. Yeah, actually, right now he doesn't even need it because he's no. just as over. So you know, the problem is is that you know in WWE and historically they'll botch it because it wasn't their creation, and to them he's probably still just a TNA guy, you know. Mm-hmm. So and plus he's a forty year old. You know, oh my god, he's ancient. He's like he's in fantastic shape and he takes care of himself and he looks like he's in pretty good health. So you know, like yeah. But leave it to WWE to like take a guy like that and completely squander the natural. Uh, overness that he's you know getting through right now and they'll fuck him up some way or make him do something stupid yeah and, uh, the, the, they know, take million dollar properties him. all the time and and devalue them for no reason i mean where's elias where the fuck is bobby yeah. lashley where is omos where is yeah. fucking uh Cru- they would uh, never Cruz. heat up zach Ryder because he did it on his own yeah you know like the same yeah. thing like, like oh one he did it on his own naturally which we can't possibly have two he's a tna guy he's not one of ours you know, so it's it's already working against them, you know. So just wait; they'll they'll, they'll squander it. Yeah, no, they will. Um, somebody uh, in the creative team, a high-ranking creative member of WWE, reported they had trepidation over Bloodline Civil War finish. Uh, is seen at the premium live event, uh, Jay Uso pinned Roman Reigns in what was Reigns' first pinfall loss since December of 2019. Is expected to have Jay challenge. Uh, Reigns for the Undisputed uh, Championship at SummerSlam. Prior to the events, reported that WWE was considering a drastic finish for the Bloodline Civil War match. Uh, WrestleVotes account said there was a feeling of trepidation from a high-ranking creative member in crafting the finish for this past uh, Saturday's Bloodline match. A strong argument that Reigns shouldn't be pinned prior to losing the title was presented throughout the process. Um, but another Twitter account that better wrestling experience says big calls are made for the bloodline closure cap chapter next few weeks will be crazy before the top star biggest stop of the year, SummerSlam. tighten those seat belts. So we've got direct stooging to these fucking wrestle votes and, uh, better wrestling experience accounts because those are very, um, innocuous of there's always going to be fucking <laughs> a b and c which way do we go and let's have these sit down arguments of not arguments but creative sessions of why is this the best way to go forward in the next year and in the present and where we are in the peak of the character's experience um was it the right uh thing to have him uh, lay down here as he hasn't been pinned uh but if anybody's going to pin him then it's somebody within the family and the bloodline, you know, and, and that he takes a fall or should he have stayed strong and sacrificed solo Sokoa like Jay laid out in the promo saying he's going to use you. Da, 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 da. I think that is more the argument for me, not of like that Roman takes the pin and, and we end that and we make him look weaker but we laid out what was going to happen and foretold it. Solo didn't listen. We needed that to play out, and it didn't. Right. That's that's where I'm like, ah, they, we 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 laid the groundwork, and we didn't pay off the fucking uh, feeling of psychology that we needed there. Yeah, and uh, I like I had said to you last week, Roman shouldn't get pinned until he loses the belt, and you get that release of the yeah, final yeah. shot. But 
you know, in retrospect, you know, now here we are a week after the pay-per-view and you've seen him get pinned. I think it's still going to be such a long time before Roman actually loses the belt that maybe he'll gain, you know, he won't really have thought about that. You'll, you'll still get the pop, but it still would have been greater had he just never done it. And like you said, then they have the thing about Solo, you know, turning on, you know, uh, Roman and going with his brothers, you know, wouldn't be the big baby face or becomes the guy that beats Roman Reigns and becomes universal champion or whatever. And we make a brand new star. I don't know if there's an appetite for it. Okay. It's just going to be a Samoan thing for the next, however many years, but right. you know, it's been I think this week we're having tribal council or some shit like that. Aren't right, we yeah, like, the, yeah, that, so trial of, uh, Roman Reigns. well, we'll see. Are they going to fucking do some stupid shit in the ring are we gonna actually go to Survivor Island with tiki torches, Afa, Sika, Rikishi, everybody, yep. Rocks, Mom? Uh, yeah, all that should be there, dude. Every bit of that should be in the cam produced. And if it's in the arena, we've we've fucked it. We've got we're you're getting two percent value. Yeah, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. We need a fucking full haka ceremony. We need all that shit, and it needs to look real. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Real, but at the same time, like a reality show, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, yeah it would be a great yeah. cinematic piece to play. It would be, yeah. You could do some amazing callbacks. And you could even, like, I don't know, if you add Paul Heyman to that, it's like, no, it's, this is family only. This yeah, is yeah, blood. Family you know only. what I mean? Like, he's trying to maybe get there, and they know this, you have nothing to do with this. You know, I wouldn't even show. I wouldn't even show Heyman to the very end, and like they're leaving, and there's a bamboo cage, and he's in there in his underwear. They stripped him down, and he's in like a <laughs> fucking holding cell. Yeah. You know, and he's got both belts over shoulder, just in his yeah. dirty white. He's not that big fucking money. <laughs> uh, they didn't know if he was either gonna fucking kill him or not. Um, that that's fucking way better, but uh, I, I'm sure it's we'll some dumb in ring thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's tied to like he's tied to the stake. Yeah. They're gonna light him up. Yeah. Uh, it was a bug when he tries to blow up. it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Good stuff. Um, but no, I I think uh that they did make a mistake there because that that was all I was thinking is they set all that up with Solo. And that was their point to do show, don't tell there, and they, they missed it. So I'm with this writer or creative member who had trepidation over it. Um, I, I think that Roman shouldn't have been pinned, and it's everything that he does to throw people even that he claims to care about in front of him as a human shield to take those losses uh, as long as he stays on top as the tribal chief. That's all that fucking matters. You got to sacrifice some pawns to keep the king on the board. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that that would have been the story, and they missed it. So no shocker there because they'll probably yeah. like I said, do something in, in ring uh, Raw do you see uh, NXT Underground is back <laughs> or backer is starting yes uh, you know pretty much exactly Raw Underground and uh, I saw that Josh Barnett was like oh they're trying to do blood sport again uh, his thing which is ring with no ropes and it looked cool I, I wouldn't mind being on Barnett's blood sport but really this is the rehash of the consultants Raw Underground <laughs> 101 right here and there's still not doing it right to do make it underground like there's no inception of why the guys are going to fight shoot fight each other it, the there was supposed to be they were tired of 
being worked and like doing comedy shit. And they wanted to show they were tough guys. So Shane gets this thing going underground and they're on camera. They're one thing, but down there they're, they're badass as fuck. But instead we're just doing wrestling with it. So already we're fucked. Yeah. Um, I thought this was weird, and and now there's a follow up on it. Plans for Brock Lesnar's return to television reportedly changed before Money in the Bank. Uh, plans to change before Money in the Bank. McIntyre and Cena returning. Thought process was Brock would return from a diminish uh, after multiple other surprises in the evening. Brock instead returned on Raw. Returns comes down after Cody interrupts. So we're waiting in Gorilla for our music to hit next to each other. And Cody comes down in gear, has no match, comes out later in a suit for an interview spot. What? Uh, (laughs) So Brock comes down and and gets served by Cody and, like, bitches out. Like, so he flew 2,000 miles to get beat down by a guy a third of his size. And, uh, And this has to be, as much as they say, oh, he wasn't on Money in the Bank, this has got to be some weird rewrite. How is this the right way to book anybody in this? Cody needs to be fighting from underneath. Instead, right. he's got the upper hand, and Brock is the bitch. Like, what the fuck? It makes no sense at all. And every time that these two guys meet, Cody should have his ass kicked. Like, I mean, like, from fucking pillar to post. And they should be – look at the two of them. Just look at them. I don't give a fuck – well, Cody's really over. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You have to play to their size. And until Cody has had enough of getting his ass kicked, where he's willing to dig his fingers into Brock's eyes because it's the only way he can get on top of this guy and yeah. bite his nose and come out with a mouthful of blood, that is the only way I want to see Cody Rhodes. He's so desperate and so sick of getting his ass kicked. And fuck this bully. I can't fucking stand him. He owns me. And I can't fucking be owned by anybody. Only when he finally says, enough is enough. This I'll die before I let him get over yep. on me. That's when he finally comes back. But until that happens, Brock needs to be eating this kid's lunch every single time they stand anywhere near each other. The whole thing, he never even should have had the match with Dominic. He should have been selling the arm injury the entire time. He's off. You can put him on commentary for six weeks, whatever you want to do to get him over. And then this week should have been show, don't tell. Cody gets the cast off and gets the clearance from the doctors comes out to say i'm wrestling tonight i just got cleared hit his music yeah kicks the shit out of cody puts his arm on the fucking stairs and kongs it again and puts him <laughs> right back into the fucking cast and fucks him over and, and, like, lands and fu- yeah yeah cody is rolling around you motherfucker right like he just went through all that and that, we didn't tell any of that story yeah. he kicked the fuck out of brock like this oh, shit is, as Rip would say, is so easy. And like, you bust a guy's arm, then you fucking sell it, bro. Sell it. Like, that's a vacation. You just got to go do travel and shake hands with the other arm and put the shit over and be the face of the brand for fucking 10 weeks until he comes back right. on the night and you get comes it off. Some night, uh, you know, random night to do a promo. And as he's on his way to the ring, Cody comes out with a lead pipe and he cracks and him from fucking behind. Fucking cranks him. Because it's the only way he can do it. But he said, fuck yeah. this. I'm not letting him get over on me ever again. 100%. Boom! Yep. Knocks him clean out, and then he can stand over him and finally get some payback. You know what I mean? But it has to be 
like you know some desperate means that's the only way i would believe it yeah like and then he, or yeah it could be a nancy kerrigan job and then next week he gets him another way and runs his leg over with a tractor or some shit i don't give a fuck what it is but it's got to be like a eye for an eye scenario in that and now everybody just looks stupid put your gear on to come do an interrupt promo and kick the shit oh, out yeah. of them here comes king kong don't worry guys i got it I'm going to fuck you up, King Kong. Okay, regular human. Uh, and then regular human fucks up King Kong and sends him packing. Oh, okay. All right. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Rumor killer. I know you were worried about this rumor regarding Charlotte Flair's creative direction since returning to WWE TV. Uh, I haven't been able to sleep. <laughs> uh, since making a return to WWE television, Charlotte Flair has been involved in a storyline with the WWE Women's Championship, or excuse me, Women's Champion Asuka. Uh, And Bianca Belair, in regards to a rumor that Charlotte was uh, being considered as a surprise entrant to the 2023 Women's Money in the Bank ladder match, uh, Fievel was told there wasn't serious consideration. There, there was told there wasn't serious consideration to the idea, and Charlotte's creative has been in plan for a while. Uh, so Charlotte's creative to be involved with Bianca and Asuka was planned and set even before she returned. We're told that the idea was to reestablish Asuka and have her involved with two top talent chasing her for the title instead of the other way around to add more intrigue and suspense to the reign. Um, I don't know, dude. After that, I put Rhea over. I'm smiling at ringside WrestleMania. Look at the great mama bear I am. Mm -hmm. And then taking time off or whatever it was and uh, then coming back. She just doesn't have the hunger for it. She's just there cashing the check. And I don't know why we're dressing like we're going to do fucking figure skating, that this is the new thing. They all fucking raided Oksana by Yule's closet or whatever the fuck. But whatever that is. um, And I don't know, man. I I like uh, Asuka, I think, is an awesome worker. And uh, they can repaint her to make her look like Kiss or whatever the thing she was in Japan, the psycho clown or whatever. But I, I watch her kind of Chan channel, and whether it's ASMR or just her on the road, I feel like a very infinite sadness to her as well, being on the road, like the way things are shot of a, like a loneliness. Like if mm-hmm. it used to be some fun, but now it's kind of like ah, the road. And I kind of yeah. feel like that is what this feud feels like. Everybody's yeah. just kind of burnt out on working with each other. Nothing's yeah, exciting. And everyone's like, huh. Eh. You know, I was just having this conversation with my wife the other day about the women's division. They have so many women in NXT under contract. There's so many on TV, but there's even like another like 15 in the back that are ready to go at any minute. And they still have all these girls who are up on the main roster, like Charlotte and Becky and Bailey. You know, these girls who have been around now for a while. But they're still fairly young, so there's still a lot left in the tank if they decide they want to keep there's going. There's still with this. a lot of those girls you just mentioned to actually understand and get it about this business. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, we're at a point now, like you said, is Charlotte's best days behind her? Probably, you know, maybe, but you'll still get great matches. But I mean, like, she's been on top 14 times. Like, well, what are you going to do besides tag? You know, have those last two runs to tag your dad or beat him by one or whatever the case may be. You know, it, it's not going to really matter. In the if I'm her, but... I'm looking for a Michael Strahan type spot on a fucking coast to coast, good morning America type fucking 
thing. That's what, if I'm her, that's what I'm looking for. You think she has that kind of appeal? I do. I yeah. think she can go off her dad's name. I don't think she's fucked her face up too much. And with the right makeup people, it's just the, that way you're committing to be an Illuminati property forever. And they can, you know, run a, uh, the greatest woman's champion of all time. Everyone has to come on and put her over. Well, I mean, there's, I guess there's an argument for it, but what I'm saying is that there's so many girls in the pipeline already. How much more of the Charlotte Flair and the Oscar feud or matches do we get? Do we, or do we say, you know what? We've had the best of them. There's no need to have a downside on this. Let's, Let's stay where the peak was, which never happens in wrestling. You always ride it straight into the fucking graveyard. <laughs> but uh, you know, let's let's kind of like let's maybe take some time to develop new girls. And like I said, there's so many. There's never been this many women under contract, and uh, like it's just they have to go somewhere, or else why did you sign? Are any of them ready though? Are any of them ready to transition up? That's the problem. When you've got Becky Lynch doing catch breaths in her promo. And you've got Bailey ha, 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 just doing that as like a cheap fucking thing. Those I mean, girls still she that, she's bored. And she's yeah. not even like she's just entertaining herself at this point. For me, I can tell that like producing somebody who's doing that, I'd be like, When you want to take it seriously, you'll come back. We'll we'll write something for you when you're ready. But yeah. they won't do that to her. They'll just keep putting her out there every week. Whereas if that had happened like in TCW and they realized they haven't been on for three shows and say, Well, haven't I been on for three shows? And be like, Well, when you're when you want to be. Let me know if you're going to go out there and be like a douchebag. You know, I got other guys who'd love to be on this show. Yeah. But they, they'll never do that to her. They'll never, never. They'll let her be a fucking retard. So well, they keep telling they're doing a good job. And then when Sasha's out there and I'm the best there was and, is, and yeah. like they, they're, they're still cutting NXT promos. The, I think it's not that Sasha EST and Oscar you know, unstoppable that we can't stop watching them or Rhea. It's that all those other girls, even though they got 25, 30 of them, <laughs> none of them are ready to fucking run with the ball. And some of the ones that have even been champion show that they've got a lot of holes in their game still, but they keep telling them, Hey, you're killing it. You're over. And they never really get over. That's why they got to bring back Trish Stratus, <laughs> you know, I like, I like her promos are any better. Yeah. <laughs> They're not. You know, but not, all we're but, doing is trying to save bad work with nostalgia. Yeah. It's not that Trisha's work is unbelievable on the mic. It's that she's easy on the eyes and makes us feel like 1997. Right. <laughs> all right. Um, she so, said, uh, you know, I would say she's getting a little long on the tooth, but I mean, she's not 25 anymore, but you no. Know. Wouldn't stop me. Um, 2023 Money in the Bank sets a new record for uh, WWE. According to uh, Business Wired, announced today that Money in the Bank, which was emanating from the O2 and on Saturday, uh, became the most successful and highest grossing Money in the Bank of all time. Notably, Money in the Bank set a new record for the highest grossing arena event in WWE history. And Friday Night SmackDown from the O2 became the highest grossing SmackDown of all time. The weekend generated a combined gate of more than uh, they didn't put the money in there. So. <laughs> um, but uh, here's what it comes down to that nobody's reading into this, and I can't remember. If it was, I was I was talking to Josh about it, and uh, why are the why are these type of statements and all this being leaked and put out there? Uh, a lot of this is 
Nobody runs MSG but me. Nobody runs UK but me, right? So before Wembley, that's why they're doing money in the bank there yeah. to set records and all that shit to put a stick in Tony's eye. And they know he's going to sell for this. And I was talking to Josh about it. He's like, well, they already sold the X amount of tickets. I go, yeah, dude, how many did they sell to real fans? Did 40,000 of those 60,000 go to StubHub? And if they're not moving, then he's like, but they're solar. I'm like, yeah, that's good for the gate. What about when you got to go to the camera for 60, 80,000 seats and there's only 20,000 people there because the ticket fucking buyers just ate shit on all those and are trying right. to move them for five bucks. Now, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. But there is a slight chance and possibility and probability of it. I don't know how many StubHub bought, but I heard there was a big section of it, maybe up to like 36,000. Wow, that's that's a huge chunk. I mean, it's a huge arena, but still, that's that 36,000 tickets is a little, <laughs> that's a lot of asses in the seats. Yeah. You, know, you're not, you know, you can only J hook things so many times. And like you said, like when people take pictures from where they're sitting and the other side of the arena is completely empty. That's a bad look, but uh, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, there's still such a thing as strong walk up. You know what I mean? Like people can still try to get on the day up, but show, shows like this usually sell up. Especially I mean, when you wake huge. up in the morning and there's tickets in your mailbox out of nowhere. You're just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah this is, it's such a huge arena. I, I, I hope they do well. I don't want them to fail. You know, I mean, I would love for it to be a strong turnout and wrestling can kind of have a little bit of a, yeah. Re revival or resurgence or something and like what else is going on like is it soccer season i don't know i don't follow soccer you know what i mean doesn't so, matter like, they're gonna sing anyway it doesn't matter yeah they take over the show anyway but uh you know like when hey when cena came out and said that wrestlemania in england that was all for it because it'd be a chance for me to go to england because i've always wanted to go there and when he said that I'm like, hey that'll, that'll be a fun trip you know so if they sing, they sing. That's just a cultural thing whatever yeah and uh you won't get by it but i mean they, at least they still pop for babies and boo heels and you know like they're pretty much still along for the ride and then when bailey comes out they fucking sing to one or whatever you know? <laughs> well, just, i cut big promo is. i cut big promos on monday i think you listen to mlr but i'm just tired of the mary poppins boy even though i'm a sing-along song and dance guy and i know i said you should have had your straw hat and like, how am yeah, i baby yeah. like but that's what it comes out i mean <laughs> MJF would love it over there, right? Uh, and and right. able to get over. But just to go from even the weekend show and to go to from Seth to Shinsuke to Cody, it's just like I'm done with this Mary Poppins rapper room shit from these fucking soccer fans. So whatever, it's their country; they can do what they want to. They believe yeah. in a they believe in a king and queen. That shows how fucking right. stupid they are. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Um, final story of the day. Interesting one here. Uh, I think possibly the biggest real business news of, uh, of it all. Longtime WWE lawyer Jerry McDevitt leaves the MLW lawsuit, says he's eyeing retirement. Uh, Jerry McDevitt, WWE's lawyer, stretching back decades, has stepped away from WWE's ongoing lawsuit with Major League Wrestling, and he stated his intent to retire at the end of the year, per WrestleNomics uh, reports. McDevitt cited the recent uh, denial of WWE's motion to dismiss the MLW lawsuit as his reason for withdrawing. He noted that he'd been planning to retire at the end of the year for some time, and then the suit will most likely stretch to 2025. 
The lawsuit with MLW is over WWE's alleged monopolistic practices. WWE made a motion to dismiss that suit, but the motion was denied in the middle of June earlier in the year. It was reported the lawsuit would cost WWE millions, if not uh, dismissed, due to the extensive discovery process that the case would bring. McDevitt, age 73, has worked for WWE for over 36 years, dating all the way back to the infamous steroid trial of 93. Uh, He has said that his work with Vince McMahon and the WWE during that time is what cemented him with McMahon and the company. Since then, David has represented WWE in a wide range of cases, including a number of concussion-related cases that were all dismissed. Um, yeah, man. So I saw that continuation happen, and this guy does not take L's. <laughs> he no, fucking he, he smashed everybody, bro. From the boys to the fucking parents, teacher council to yeah. the the feds, bro. He smashed them all. And um, now, M- now ML- <laughs> MLW got over with the judge on him after probably the NDAs and it's all about the money and mm-hmm. who knows what else, whether it's uh, payback from Trump to Trump and his wife's shit, who knows? It could be one of a thousand things. Um, but here's McDevitt going, fuck you. I'm done with this bullshit. I'm old as fuck and I'm not taking an L on my yeah. record. I'm, I'm going no to I'm yeah, going to eight, eight, get... 26 and 0. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I had no idea he was 73. God yeah. bless him for sticking around that long. He's made a hell of a living because Vince has had him under retainer for, yeah, 30 years. So he's made a hell of a living for himself. Jesus. But, uh, yeah, it's 73, dude. Go go hang up the, the briefcase and go hang out by the pool. Spend some time with the grandkids while you have some time left. Can you can you imagine what he's got? What he what he's got in a fucking little safe someplace of like the 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 key to to destroy it all. Like he's he's, he 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 had some nuke. nuke Yeah, he is the button. Yeah, yeah, he's the guy. And like what Vince like Vince here's fifty million. (laughs) Go do it right. Like (laughs) whatever you want. He, the, you want to talk about people say I know where the bodies are buried. Nobody yeah, he knows. Dug the hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. so it has sent to CW at least five or six uh, cease and desist yeah. letters while we were running. So, hey Jerry, <laughs> we appreciated the uh, attention. You, because it helped get our shows over way more. And, uh, you <laughs> yeah. know, we we used to do things just to piss you off because we knew you had mm. stooges looking for our shit specifically. Because one time. Uh, Road Dog and um, yeah. uh, Billy Gunn and X Pac were running a show. Mm-hmm. That, uh, they were on a show two states away from us, and they were able to be called DX. They came to our show, and absolutely not. So, <laughs> you know, it, it was just a matter of oh, it was fucking TCW pieces of shit. Was it? Were they running for Dave Hero? I don't remember. That'd be the I only knew. way I think they probably That'd had be the it same over state. that way. Yeah, <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was, it was hilarious that they would send them to us and no, nobody else. But they mm. got our, you know, like you said weeks ago, like made our T-shirts go up in sales, made everything go up in sales, and changing the name of shows because you know, and changing the poster and putting, you know, redacting lines. It was all a big work just to get yep. more attention on the show. Yeah. And they, they they helped us immensely. So thank you for working for free for us, Jerry McDevitt. <laughs> we appreciate that, and you got worked and. Uh, Fuck you. Enjoy your retirement. I appreciate that. Because <laughs> you couldn't take an L because as soon as you thought one was coming, you had to fucking bow out. So yeah. you're probably a sackless wonder in real life and probably aren't really much of a real man. And 
you know, you can die knowing that on your deathbed you fucking were a squirrel and fucking stole from people your whole life. So <laughs> good luck getting into heaven if there is one. And probably won't be going there. <laughs> no, lawyer 101, man. He definitely had his run 36 years just with yeah. Vince. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's got to be probably a 50-year run all the way around. Oh, yes, uh, yeah. Because he probably got out of undergrad. Guys masters, old, yeah, man, yeah. So pretty crazy, pretty hardcore right yeah, there, yeah. dude. Uh, we'll see if MLW can come over the top on monopolistic practices suit. Mm, interesting, especially in that discovery process. Something to keep uh, an eye on long-term business-wise, no doubt, going forward. Yeah, who, who would pay that? Well, I guess well, WWE is still its own, technically its own entity that still hasn't been finalized yet, right? Like they haven't been actually engulfed in the endeavor yet. That might be something that Vince has to pay out of his own pocket before Endeavor like takes the reins in that at the end of what is it, the end of twenty twenty four is when it's yeah. completely theirs. So um if that if that if they win, does that set a precedent to sue them retroactively for exactly what you talked about in monopolizing the industry where we then can get in a class action suit once it's at that point? I know, right? To go fucking oh yeah that's what they did to MLW here's what they did to us and, and put it on there and we get paid afterwards yeah like uh, twenty million yeah that's it. <laughs> yeah twenty bucks would be enough just to hang on the wall I wouldn't give a fuck <laughs> you know oh shit man but uh, I'll be back this afternoon to do light well I mean you're here on Friday so light the fuse uh, as well breaking down last night's show was a great time and uh, I'm really loving the Friday locker room here exclusively at Channel Attitude with Strangler Steve man uh, I mean just an hour and a half went by in the blink of an eye and you know that's a damn good show and uh, all the feedback's been great I don't think you guys got together because it was July 4th right for uh, we did we um, did it. Did we, we recorded it on Tuesday at Billy Ray said he sent it to you. I'm not sure if you had a chance to get it up yet, though, the Wednesday locker room. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because we did we did record it a day early just to get it out there, but uh, I'm, it's probably in your inbox somewhere. I'll definitely check, man. The true patriots of HMG, the Wednesday locker room boys, uh, clocking that in and uh, I'm sure setting off some incendiary devices as well <laughs> on July 4th. Uh, what do you got going on this week, pal? You're looking at a retired man, my friend. I'm oh, man, watching TV know. and... Uh, yeah, you know, I, this past week was a rough week. I had food poisoning twice, so I'm down Oof. 15 pounds in a week. So I did not sleep very much last week, but last night was a, I slept like a cadaver, nice. which was great. I almost missed nice. getting on here this morning, but luckily I woke up in time. And uh, so I'm kind of in recovery mode right now, so I'll be taking it easy yeah. for the next few days. And, uh, you know, uh, maybe hang out with my old man this weekend, which would be great. We got together on the 4th, which was awesome. And um, my wife and I, we noticed the color of the beard before I preface what I'm about to say. My wife and I, as soon as we're done with this, we're going to go for a mall walk. It's 115 degrees out here in Phoenix right now. For the next two weeks, it's going to be 115, no break. So everything has to be indoors. And uh, so we're going to go to the mall. We're going to do some laps and burn some calories and we're going to probably hit up the new donut shop on the way back. Cause they have a ham and cheese croissant that I love. They nice. just opened up on 4th of July. We went there with my dad and we're going to go back there for a croissant and uh, coffee and come back to the house and watch that damn Fox news. Nice. Like <laughs> so, oh, great. That's pretty much about what I have going on. But like, uh, if, you're, if you want to listen to the Wednesday locker room, it should be up on Podbean pretty soon. And, um, 
Uh, if you'd like to be a part of it, we do the shout outs. I usually on Tuesday around noon to 3 p.m. somewhere around there at Steve underscore. I'll throw up a question. If you'd like to have your name shouted out on the show, just answer the question and uh, you'll be a part of the show. And we'd love to have you on. Getting lots of great reviews from all of our longtime listeners. And it's been a fun time being back with the boys. And we said we're going to do it all summer long. And here we are almost halfway through it already. <laughs> like, yeah, man. Pretty, pretty nuts, man. So uh, we're going to keep it going and uh, have some more fun. Time is absolutely ripping by, man. But I love to see you guys back together having to go in. Thanks it's for doing it during time. yeah, for during the holiday weekend, man, or the holiday week. I just say schedule's all off. But I was the same way coming back from Philly from the posse wedding. And I July 4th, I just needed to crash out for two and a half hours. I slept harder then than I had the whole week beforehand, uh, for sure. Sorry to hear you got the uh, food poisoning, but being down 15 pounds is nice, even though you're yeah, probably nice. not right. the not the best way to do it. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, stooge off referee sideburns, uh, drank way too much and puked in the bathroom at the hotel. Uh, <laughs> I think <laughs> you like that one. <laughs> uh, he, was drink, he was drinking vodka lemonades too, so you know it burned like a fucking oh. like hey, he was drinking all night. And then I looked over, oh, I looked over, and he, he had a yingling beer because he likes yingling after yeah. drinking all that liquor and fucking citric acid. Let me pour a beer on it. What could possibly oh. go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> it's going uh, well. <laughs> yeah, uh, classic massifier. Love that fucking guy. <laughs> uh, but y'all, uh, man, uh, we had a great one here today. Veterans only at the Friday locker room, breaking it all down. We'll keep an eye on to see what the next hot story from the sheets is. Infidel here, Hameen Media Group, channel at it to dot com. Come on out.